Hey, Lauren here. Welcome back to the Compel Podcast, where we share how ordinary women spread the gospel story. We are enjoying hearing from different women and the biblical truths that motivate them both in their Christian faith and spreading the gospel. Today, we are joined by Kefna Dave, who is the director of the Missions Hub in downtown Toronto. She shares what it means to keep an internal perspective and how that compels us to think and act. Hey, it's Lauren here, and I'm with Michelle and Kevna Dave, who is the director of Missions Hub in Toronto. Thanks, Kevna, for joining us today. We're really excited to talk to you. Yeah, I'm really glad to be here. Thanks for having me, and it's so encouraging to get to connect. Yeah, it's so cool. I'm, I'm really liking the season of Zoom because it opens up so many new opportunities for us. Yes, I agree. But yeah, before we start into our topic, do you mind sharing a little bit about yourself with our listeners? Yeah. Um, so my name is Kevin, like you just said, and I currently live in Scarborough. I'm actually in a move-in patch with my husband, foster teens, and uh, two kittens. Um, mm-hmm. I am the director of the Missions Hub currently, where I get to work collaboratively with churches, with missions agencies, and campus groups, uh, really engaging in God's global kingdom. Mm-hmm. I started as a volunteer when the missions have been about a year later, really felt led by God to join and step into the role of mobilization coordinator. In this role, I got to mobilize University of Toronto students. And as a previous U of T grad myself, I remember just how challenging it was Mm -hmm. to find the right resources, to be in a missional community as I was wrestling with pursuing God's call in my own life. Uh, So in this role, it was actually such a joy to disciple well, to walk alongside others as they were Mm -hmm. growing and engaging in cross-cultural missions work. So I then chose to and step into the role of director. And I think one of the greatest things for me is just seeing how clearly God is able to use my skills um, to like be a part of his greater plan and purpose for this world to have all nations come into the knowledge of who Jesus is and mm-hmm. be able to worship and glorify him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so fun fact about myself is that I've actually been privileged to spend a time in about 30 different countries in the world, wow. especially oh, by being born in Kenya. So just really deeply passionate about learning and engaging in different cultures. That is so cool. Yeah. What are some of the countries you've been to? Like your favorites? Um, I don't know. I have (laughs) probably three favorites and I'd say for people, Colombia, for sites and just learning Israel and Mm -hmm. for food, Mm -hmm. actually like food from so many different countries, but I'll probably say Taiwan. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. (laughs) Where, so you said you were born in Kenya? Yeah, in Kenya. Um, when did you come to Toronto? I came when I was fairly young, um, but I still, most of my, half of my family is still in Kenya right now. So okay. I grew up, so I grew up in Toronto, Canada, um, but still have a lot of family back home in Kenya. Oh, that's awesome. Scarborough is actually where I was born and I lived there for, I think my first three years. <laughs> I love Scarborough. I love how diverse and uh, full of different food places and communities. Uh, it's definitely one of my favorite places to live in the city. Yeah, sweet. Um, yeah, the Missions Hub seems really awesome. Like, I just love the idea of different missions organizations finding unity together and just acknowledging that we're all in the same 
mission, you know? So that's such a, what does it actually look like? I was kind of learning about it. Do they just come together? And I know you have office spaces and stuff, but what does it look like day to day there? Yeah, so it's really cool to see agencies come together and, you know, recognize that it's not even um, the most important thing isn't how people or where people go with missions, but actually that they're um, being trained to engage in missions. So uh, a few agencies came together and was just really like, at first it started with a collaborative space. So having a space that people would share, but recognizing that actually being able to do things together was just even more fruitful and great. Um, So what it looks like, you know, pre-COVID and hopefully Mm -hmm. post in a few months, um, which is having a space where we can continue to disciple well into missions. So a lot of the students we get to engage with, you know, some of them don't, they come from a place where they don't even care about missions. So a lot of it is learning and praying and growing and that understanding. And then other students who have a really healthy understanding and are just discerning what it looks like going forward. So it's like preparing them well to send and go. So there's a lot of discipleship. There's a lot of prayer gatherings that happen And there's a lot of um, just really spaces where we come together. Um, So the church comes together, the agencies come together and really wrestle with really uh, questions that help and resources that help provide engaging and cross-cultural engagement more. So I would say it's less about the space than it is about the community and the discipleship that happens. Hmm. Well, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. I think what you guys are doing is also very similar to what we're trying to do this season. It's just not educate, but just kind of going back to what is motivating all of this and why mm-hmm. we should care and why is missions important and um, and if we are considering doing it, like what is going to keep us doing it. I don't know. So today we are hoping to talk about eternity and a little bit more about like what motivates us to disciple others and mobilize mm-hmm. people to reach the nation. So that's really exciting to hear what Missions so Hub is doing. So as we're talking about motivation, what biblical truths drive you in your own ministry in life? Yeah, I think that there's uh, so many different biblical truths. I think one overarching one is just understanding God's heart for the nations. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. as we look from the beginning of scripture all the way to the very end, there's just such a clear heart for the nations and seeing the ways that God chooses to use his people to reach outwards. Mm-hmm. Um, he chooses to use his people um, by moving them to different places. Uh, we think about how Abraham and the way he leads him out. We think about how in different um, Psalms and in the prophets, we see how God uses his people of Israel to really uh, have the other nations around them see and know who God is. And then we like fast forward, like we think we see how uh, through Christ's death and resurrection and just the call for the disciples to go and make himself known. And um, we see that a lot through the New Testament. And then like really, like even at the end, just seeing how like, every knee, tongue and tribe will come and confess uh, Jesus Christ as the Lord. So just that consistency throughout scripture for all nations to know God and to worship him and to give him glory. I think that's an overarching theme. And then when I think about eternity, I think there's some really powerful scriptures that, yeah, make us think about what's beyond what we have and experience here in our temporary world. I think that it's not often a topic of conversation that always comes up frequently. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, sometimes hard to think about what eternity is. And um, especially because as finite beings, we don't always tangibly experience what it looks like to live in a state where time doesn't ever end. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet biblical reality leads us to a point where we recognize 
that those who know and acknowledge Christ as Lord and Savior um, will be brought into a place of heaven and, and there's a place of hell for those who do not. So I think as we, like, as I've been wrestling with those truths, one of my favorite biblical scriptures about it is found in John 17, verse 13. And it's a really short verse, but it's just encouraged me so greatly when I think about eternity. And it says, uh, John 17, verse three says, and this is eternal life mm -hmm. that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. And I love this verse because it points out that even here on earth, we actually do get a small glimpse of what that eternity does look like through knowing Christ. Mm -hmm. I think it's so easy to pursue Christianity out of a you know, a fear of hell, but actually completely missing knowing and loving Jesus Christ, which mm. is not only so dangerous, but leaves out that great promise of love and joy that we have in knowing him. Um, so just like really thinking about how scripture gives me that arching overall theme of caring for all nations, but also just knowing that love rather than fear is what allows us to have an eternal motive, uh, an eternal perspective that motivates us. Mm. Yeah, I love everything you said there, totally. And yeah, just I was thinking about that too, how knowing Christ really is kind of the end goal. Like that's when we're in heaven, like we'll know him in every sense. And yeah, we want to dive more deeply into some of the things that you touched on. But yeah, just to kind of zoom out for a minute, that's this whole season we're focused on what motivates us in life and ministry and really going back to what really matters. We've talked about our purpose, our identity in Christ, um, God's word. And yeah, like you said, today we are going to talk about eternity and how that is a motivating factor in our lives. So Kevna, how would you explain what eternity is or what does the Bible say are the eternal realities for both unbelievers and believers? Yeah, I think in like most simplest terms, I uh, just would define eternity as a state of time which does not end. This is hard for us to grasp, um, especially because we're currently living as finite beings trying to understand a concept mm -hmm. that we don't always tangibly experience here fully on earth knowing that eternity is a time that doesn't end but also not really understanding what it will look like and i think uh scripture just expounds on that idea that uh, there is a biblical reality um, that as jesus proclaimed who he was and walked here on earth he spoke about um, a kingdom of god in heaven that uh, does exist and that will go on forever and as we acknowledge christ as lord and our savior um, we actually enter into that and on the other side of that there's that reality that there's also a place for those that don't choose to acknowledge christ as their lord and savior and that is described as hell and the just like living in a place where there is a lot of destruction and, and yeah when i think about that it's a really interesting imagery of beauty and joy with christ and and being separated from him mm -hmm. and i think that's like the simplest way i would yeah. describe eternity as you talk to different students and maybe they're coming a different maybe learning about yeah, heaven and hell for the first time, or um, just the fact like what all the benefits of, yeah, when we place our faith in Christ, like, wow, what all that comes with that. And for those who don't place their faith in Christ, um, what there is, like that separation from God. Um, do students ever come feeling like, well, that just seems really unfair, or why would, that doesn't seem very loving, or I don't know, does that ever come across? Like, do you have conversations like that? 
You know, recently it hasn't. Um, mm-hmm. And I think maybe partially because it's not a topic of conversation that mm-hmm. um, people feel really confident in speaking about. So maybe that's partially the reason why it's not spoken so frequently. But also we think with um, just the way that we've been seeing things in our own cities and in this world, we wrestle a lot with understanding God's justice. And Mm. so Mm. I think one of the challenges that students and others uh, are always wrestling with, um, including myself, is like learning how to understand God's love fully, but also understanding God's justice fully and trying to be careful not to emphasize one without the other. Mm -hmm. I think in my conversations with students, we recognize the both extremes being really difficult and hard. And I would say that because uh, in our current situation and realities, we've been wrestling more with God's justice. I don't think um, people uh, have been having that conversation about help being unfair or not politically correct, mm-hmm. because actually they're recognizing what justice is and who God is, is and being a just God. Mm-hmm. When you think about those things, um, we recognize that there is a day where there will be right and wrong. And when we think about hell and heaven, like that's often the conversation about uh, leading to being justified here on earth. So mm-hmm. I think because of that, um, those are kind of the conversations that happen with students. Um, and to some extent, I feel like some students don't want to think about what happens mm-hmm. next mm-hmm. in maternity because it's a hard thing to grasp. Um, it can be easy to think of as unfair, um, but actually I think as we look at scripture, we see the clarity of why it is fair mm-hmm. and good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. That makes sense. And recently I've been thinking about his just his justice a lot as well and how when horrible things happen, we want justice, right? Mm-hmm. And so if yeah. there was not like we know God is the just judge judge, he sees every side and he's the only one that can really fairly handle what's going on and yeah. so yeah, if there was not a a punishment for sin, then his love wouldn't mean that much. Yeah. We're sure. we reading Micah right now with a bunch of ladies, and it's been really neat to see not only God keeping his promises to Israel, but also keeping that, like, his justice is not only keeping those pro- good promises, but also, yeah, there are going to be consequences, and I've told you about them, and you're not obeying, and then here they are, like, here's the exile and all that. Like, he's being faithful and just by keeping both ends, and so it is reassuring to know in the end like oh yeah he's keeping his loving promises but also the ones like okay there will be a time where yeah our life on earth is ending and then mm-hmm. the next so. yeah sure. and even kind of transitioning to our next question like the cool thing is he's given us a way of rescue like we're not hopeless you know we all have an opportunity to be saved and so thinking about salvation and the promises for believers, what are some of those things that we can count on Mm -hmm. as believers? What are some of the promises um, that we have because of Christ? Yeah. And I think one of the coolest promises is that we can be so sure of our salvation. And and most simply, I think, thinking about how to have faith in understanding that nothing we ever do— in and of ourselves will ever be enough to make us righteous before God. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually knowing that he's created a way for that righteousness and that's ultimately entrusting and proclaiming the truth 
that Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection was enough to make us right with God. Yeah. I think um, faith has been so crucial in, in really being certain of this and really remembering these truths and promises. And in my own experience, the more I've sought to understand God through scripture, the more sure I become. Because as my faith grows, my certainty does as well in these truths. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that assurance because, yeah, it's just so cool to know, like, oh, it is nothing we have done. Like, it's all Christ. And that's so awesome. And mm-hmm. all of the just incredible benefits we have now, but then also what is to come. And just when you think of eternity and, oh, yeah, there's more coming. And I don't know, maybe we can list some things that we know of what it will be like. Like, yeah, so what are some promises of what will change when a believer dies and goes to heaven? What are some things that we have to look forward to? You know, I feel like there's probably more in what some people understand and some people don't. But I think Mm -hmm. the thing that's most valuable to me is, um, and it goes back to that scripture in John 17, verse 13, that uh, this is eternal life, that they Mm -hmm. would know you, the one and true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So when I think about eternity and I think about what to expect, actually one of my greatest joys is realizing I get to know Christ. I get Mm. to be in his presence. I get to worship him without the many sufferings and the many fears that exist here in this world. So really having that freedom to, to worship and exalt. And um, I think about how we live in this world with so many things that kind of feel like, at least in my own experience, like personal heavy weights or restrictions or sufferings or struggles and knowing that in eternity, those will all be gone. Um, We think about how, you know, sicknesses that exist here on earth won't be present in eternity. And I think those are some of the beautiful ways that I've seen and, and, and look forward to and hoping, um, knowing, yeah, knowing that and expecting that for eternity and knowing that, that knowing Christ is one of those most beautiful things. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's so many questions we have sometimes here on earth that we will never fully be certain of. I think I find myself questioning things a lot and wondering why or how knowing that all things will be made known and clear mm-hmm. in eternity. I think it's such a sweet picture of, yeah, we're going to be with Christ and it's not, yeah, it's going to be life on life. And like, when you look in the Old Testament and like, oh, God came down and dwelled in a temple and then he dwelled, like Jesus came and dwelled on earth. And then like, wow. And now the Holy Spirit's yeah. in us and like, it just keeps getting better and better. And then mm-hmm. we're going to have this sweet, I don't know, glorious ending. like, yeah, well, you just spend an eternity with Christ and getting to know Him and just enjoy Him and worship Him. And I just like that yeah. picture a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think that motivates a lot of like, oh, this is what we're doing missions for so that everyone, as many people as we can get to come and get to know God and yeah, just yeah. spend eternity in that. That's so sweet. Yeah. There's definitely lots of different views on what it's actually going to look like. Um, I definitely don't think it's just going to be us like playing harps on clouds, but we don't have to get into all the details of what we're going to be doing. But even just simply that we live our whole lives by faith and then one day it's going to be all by sight. Like we will see everything that he has promised and um, there's so much excitement there for sure. How does having an eternal perspective change the way we live now? Yeah, for sure. I think it's actually so important to remind ourselves regularly that our lives here are temporary. Mm -hmm. I think this does affect the many choices we end up making. And I think about um, one of my favorite songs is called Knowing You, Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it reflects on some of this, um, knowing that we must remember that 
all the world reveres, all the things that our world thinks is gain are actually worthless compared to the knowledge of knowing Christ, Mm -hmm. Um, knowing that there is no greater thing than the lasting joy we have in our salvation, Mm -hmm. which is actually far greater than any temporary satisfaction that we find here on earth. So I think this really practically makes us reevaluate what uh, what it is in our world that we are to pursue. So I think about the things that our world values, things like the best job or the most money or the nicest house. I think that list is fairly long. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead of focusing on those things and pursuing those things, we're actually forced to think about things that would have eternal value. Mm-hmm. When I think about this, I actually do strongly want others around me to have access to this all-surpassing joy of knowing Christ. So I am forced to be wise and to think about how I'm spending my time, Mm -hmm. how I'm spending my money, um, what does my home look like, how am I using the resources God has given me so that others would know these deep truths. Um, And I think that really does shift and change the way we live here on earth. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Having that perspective, I remember, like in high school, uh, one of our pastors came and just shared. He talked about eternity, and he shared two really good um, illustrations. And one was we were at a, a lake, and he had this rope that went from the stage all the way into the lake. Like, what mm-hmm. is this? And then on the rope, there were two little knots, like maybe I don't know, five inches apart. And he was talking about like this rope represents eternity, and these two knots are our time on earth. And just realizing, wow, eternity keeps going on. And just that perspective, like, whoa, like, yeah, that house, it does not seem that important anymore when it's just a little tiny knot between the two knots on this super long rope. Um, And just how exciting it is when you think of that, like, oh, okay, this time is temporary. Then look how long we we get to enjoy God in heaven. And that's what is going to drive how I choose my life today. Because Mm -hmm. the other example was kind of like, okay, I have one penny or we don't have pennies anymore one loony or toony <laughs> and I only get to spend it once and then how like what am I going to spend it on I only have one chance to spend it and mm-hmm. that's it yeah um like those were two such great illustrations to just bring it that perspective like wow that yeah. is so important to and that drives like how do I want to spend my one chance here on earth and what is it going to be spent for? So mm-hmm. whoa, yeah. it's so convicting even now. Like, oh yeah, I need to go home and reevaluate some things. So, yeah. yeah. But I so love those images. Mm-hmm. I think also, um, you know how often children are like that experiment where you give a child something that's like a little thing and you tell them, if you just wait, I'll give you something better. Mm. And that real hard struggle because they see what's in front of them and they just want it because it's in front of them. But at the same time, they know that there's something far greater and far bigger that they're about to receive. And I feel like that's how I often perceive eternity, where like, oh, I just want what's in front of me because Mm. it's in front of me and I want it now. But also knowing that if I am trusting and patient, then actually the way and decisions I make will lead to something that's far better, far greater. Mm. Um, And I love uh, that we can cling fast to those promises and hope so faithfully Mm. in that. Yeah, for sure. I also think of... um, Maybe this is a controversial topic, but rewards. And But Peter and I were talking last night, and he reminded me that in the Gospels, Jesus talked about rewards so much. And I know that ultimately the greatest reward is going to be Him, like we are going to be with Him. But He does talk pretty clearly about the fact that if we live by faith, 
for God's eyes and not for the praise of man, that he will reward us. We don't know what that's going to look like. It might end up being us giving him back those rewards. Like we might all just be wishing we have something to give and lay at his feet. Um, I really don't know exactly what it will look like, but it is pretty clear that he promises us us reward based on um, whether we walk by faith for God's eyes, or if we are just walking, you know, living for the praise of man. So that's really motivating too. Yeah, so especially because I feel like, I mean, maybe as I get older, I feel like, wow, life isn't as great on earth or easy as I thought it was as a kid. Like there are hard things that people Mm -hmm. go through and Mm -hmm. there's trials after trial and health and, you know, people switching jobs or losing jobs. And there's just so much going on. Just remembering I don't know, two things about eternity. Like, yeah, our citizenship is in heaven. It isn't here. Like that is such an encouraging thing. And then um, in Corinthians where he talks about like just, wait, what is that verse? I need to read it. Second Corinthians right Yeah, there. Second Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. Mm-hmm. Just talking about like this is just a light and momentary time and then just eternity is going to come and that's just going to be so great. I don't know about you guys. Like does that help you guys in trials or – how has keeping that eternal perspective helped you through them? Yeah, I think one of the most helpful things is actually, you know, in the midst of a trial and in hardships, knowing that it's temporary. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. that's something that helps me get through anything. And, and sometimes the trials we face here on earth don't end in our time at earth. Yeah. I think about, um, I'm always really encouraged, especially with some people who suffer with sicknesses or things that are such a heavy trial mm. to continue living with. But knowing that our time here on earth is temporary, I feel like that's that gives me a hope mm. to carry through in the trials and hardships. I think sometimes in little ways, seeing um, just suffering in my own life and, and knowing that there have been broken family relationships or there's been really like huge tensions and, and caring and living and walking alongside well with people, um, knowing that there's an end and that mm-hmm. God is going to redeem and restore that which is broken in our world because of sin. I think that sight of eternal perspective has been so helpful in carrying me through those hardships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. It's just so comforting to know that all the pain we experience, yeah, like you said, one day we're going to have perfect bodies that don't ache and break and get sick. Like there's so much hope in that. And yeah, even just the conflict, like if they're suffering because of relationships, like one day we're going to be like rid of our sin. We're not going to deal with selfishness and pride and awkwardness because of our sin. And I just look forward to that as well, just experiencing relationships the way God intended Mm -hmm. them. Yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. (laughs) Again, it is another motivating thing. This brings me such hope and I want to share that hope with others. Like I can't Mm -hmm. imagine like just going through trials without that perspective, what that could be like. And man, there's so much goodness out there that is coming. We just have to place our faith in Christ and look forward to that. Mm -hmm. So I guess kind of moving into our problem. Um, Yes, we know we are citizens of heaven. We have this great hope to look forward to, but yet we still, we forget this and we still live as if this life is all there is. What happens when we forget about eternity or we lose sight of it or why do we lose sight of it? Yeah. And actually I think we lose sight of it often (laughs) and it's very easy for us to um, partially because of some of what I said earlier about being finite beings and hard Mm -hmm. hard to understand 
But also, um, we don't always want to wrestle with this truth because our sinful nature does desire instant gratification. Mm. We desire and seek after finding momentary pleasures, even when we know they won't last long. That's part of the reason why we lose sight of it so often. These temporary pleasures aren't always bad. In the Ecclesiastes, uh, we're reminded to think of many things in our lives Mm. as gifts from God yet not forgetting that larger picture that they are indeed useless. Um, For example, when I think about vacations, uh, they're not a bad thing, but we see how we naturally just love seeking after um, things that are temporary and trying to find satisfaction in those things, even when we know that they're not long lasting. So I think those are some of the reasons why it's so easy to lose sight of eternal perspective. Yeah, often we think, oh, it'll be so much better if I just get this thing or tomorrow it's going to be so much better. And like, oh, it's just so fleeting and Mm -hmm. I have no promise that that's going to make my life better. And once I get that, it's probably (laughs) I'm going to look at the next thing. And yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. And like the reality is we live in a physical world. We have eyes. We can see what's around us and faith lives in the realm of the unseen. And so obviously it's hard. Mm -hmm. We just can so easily Mm -hmm. think and start to believe that this is the most important thing. We're like those kids with a cookie, like, oh, this cookie is way better Mm -hmm. because I can see it. And like, oh, it just looks so good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Even just my son the other night was saying to me, I was just talking about how God is with them. And he's like, but I can't see him and I can't even feel him. (laughs) And it was like, it was a good question to wrestle with. And I, at -hmm. first I was kind of like, oh, don't say that. But then I'm like, no, that's a really good question. We are going to work through this Mm -hmm. together. And that's a whole other conversation. But just, he just states the difficulty of faith. It doesn't make sense. So we're talking about this problem and that, yeah, we can say all these things like, yeah, we know, like our eternal perspective, we just got to keep it and these good things are coming. But then yeah, we're just like what you're saying. We're just finite people, and we forget. Or when you know, rubber meets the road. Is that the idiom? <laughs> it just looks. It's so much harder. Like, oh, why can't I do this the way that I want to? Or maybe one thing we can talk about is um, what are like. Why does it matter to keep an eternal perspective? Because I don't know. It, it's hard to do. So, what are the ramifications for not keeping eternal perspective as believers or spending our time wisely? What could that be? Yeah, for sure. I actually think I'm going to share an example in my Mm -hmm. own life that's kept me distracted to answer that. It's so easy to have so many distractions that keep me from having an internal perspective. Mm -hmm. And in one way, I do want to seek after comfort before following Christ, even though I know um, God has really clearly led me and my family to live in the building in the neighborhood that we currently live in. Mm -hmm. I, and I love being able to meet my neighbors and build relationships with them. And yet, despite those things, it's so easy for me to dream and desire to live in a home that's less chaotic, that's Mm -hmm. more clean, that has far more space. Mm -hmm. Um, And so realizing it's so easy to pursue after temporal things at a cost that I would lose and miss what God really intended for me to do. I'm definitely not an expert at having a healthy grasp on eternity, but one way that's been so helpful for me, especially in the moments I just described, is spending time reading and learning from God's word, Mm. which continues to transform us and helps me to renew and refocus my vision on things that are of utmost importance and help me see beyond my current perspective here. So we actually have a Bible verse um, image put up in our walls 
at home, which often helps me refocus on eternal perspective. It's from Hebrews 13, verse 14. And it says, for here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. Hmm. So this passage in Hebrews goes on to talking about how to continually offer sacrifices of praises to God, not neglecting to do good and to share what we have with others. And all these things remind me how to spend time on earth wisely. So when I go back to your question of what do you ask, I think actually we miss living the way God intends us to live. Mm-hmm. We miss doing the things that he desires of us. We miss giving praise to him. We miss uh, doing good. We miss mm-hmm. not sharing what we have with others. Mm-hmm. And actually that uh, is what God desires us for doing. So I think just recognizing even in my own life, that there are experiences and moments that I struggle with that, but do desire to be faithful to him. So continuously going back to scripture and reminding me of these truths Mm. to pursue that. Mm. Yeah. I also just think of kind of this idea of just missing out on what God has for you. I believe we could still be saved and live for ourselves and just miss out on, you know, what he had intended for us. And um, kind of like I mentioned with rewards, there is an aspect of that in scripture. Mm-hmm. I think also First Corinthians 3 talks pretty clearly about how we have not like Christ is the foundation and we have an opportunity with our, our lives and our service to kind of build on that foundation with either things that are going to last, like he uses precious stones um, or things like hay and straw and wood that are just going to be kind of a waste. Um, and so it's just this picture of when we meet Christ, it's when we look at him and um, he's, we know that he's seen our lives, are we going to be happy with the way that we spent our time? And did we do everything we could to bring as many people with us Mm -hmm. to heaven? Or did we waste our lives just living for ourselves and living for things that completely will not matter for eternity? So, yeah, I just think of this, this almost sad, you know, reality that we'll just miss out. (laughs) I'm going to fly on my nose. (laughs) Well, it reminds me too of our kind of like our theme verse in Corinthians, like God is calling us to be messengers of reconciliation. And yeah, that's just such a cool, like, wow. Well, also like, wow, a horrifying call. Like, wow, this is our responsibility and God has asked us to do it. But Mm -hmm. man, it's just so cool that we can be a part of this on earth and just trying to keep that perspective of what is eternal and that it's souls. And Mm -hmm. that's what really is important. You kind of mentioned an example from your life, how you can get distracted from keeping an internal perspective Do you have any other ideas, examples? Yeah, um, the comfort actually pulls into so many different examples, Mm -hmm. especially in my home. There's so many times that I I love the ministry we have with our neighbors and really being intentional about choosing where we live. We want to live in a place that has um, a lot more rich people groups Mm -hmm. and has a high dense population and um, just has practical things that we can do to engage in our community. But it's hard when I see like so many of my friends choosing to buy nice houses or, you know, investing in things and wondering, why are you paying rent there? Why are you choose to live in a place that feels less secure or not safe? I just like there's so many moments that I'm like, oh, this is so weird and awkward. Mm-hmm. And why am I doing this or how am I here? Um, and those are the moments that I really have to look back at eternal perspective. Yeah. I also think of examples of. Um, when we stepped into foster care, just knowing that, you know, at first I had at least this, like my, my home, my house, or like my room was mm-hmm. a place of sanctuary mm-hmm. and recognizing actually those walls of comfort that I always want to have ready, just keep getting torn down. Yeah. And so knowing that often it seems ridiculous and foolish, especially with 
I think to some extent, even with some Christians, they think that look at it and go, why would you do that? Mm -hmm. Um, But knowing that we can point to the realities of wanting to be faithful and following Christ and what he leads us to. I mean, not wanting to miss out in the things he desires for us to do to glorify him. Mm -hmm. Also um, with the students I get engaged with, um, many of them graduate or are on a path of graduating with a degree from U of T. And I think it's very normative to pursue jobs that bring high success mm-hmm. that they want to accomplish and achieve well in. Um, but if they are called to use what they are studying to glorify God in a different field, for example, somebody may graduate with engineering and um, a master's of engineering and choose to work in a company here probably would make a lot more and would continue climbing up a ladder of success. But actually, if God's calling them to use those skill sets to serve in a region, which will be difficult and hard, they have a choice of choosing Mm -hmm. to follow Christ in that. And I think uh, just going back to how important when you have that eternal perspective, that decision becomes easier because of knowing that that's exactly what will be worth it in the long run, even beyond the temporal pleasures here on earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And even on the flip side, it could also be a difficult life to maybe choose to pursue that career, but hold your riches loosely. Um, yeah. There's not necessarily anything wrong with maybe pursuing that high success career and then asking God, how can you use these riches for your kingdom? For and sure. I, I could only imagine how difficult that would be to to give away riches when you could live it up, mm-hmm. right? So there's so many different yeah. ways that we can sacrifice yeah. with what we have we all have to keep that perspective. Like we all have to, wherever we are, like whatever yeah. rules or jobs we have, like, oh, we all have to remind ourselves of the gospel and eternity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For those who might not be in like urban areas, can you explain a little bit about move-in and what that is? Yeah, for sure. So move-in is just a, a movement of people who choose to live in a neighborhood that's high dense, low income, and has unreached people groups. Mm. And really the commitment is to being intentional. Um, So that looks so different in different moving patches and areas. Uh, We choose to be intentional and to regularly pray. So we get to pray for our neighbors at least once a week. And um, being intentional in my neighborhood often looks like meals with our neighbors, spending time with our neighbors' kids, helping our neighbors with technology challenges because some of them are a lot older. Um, so yeah, just in short, being intentional and prayerful and living in an area that's um, unreached people groups, high dense, usually low income. Mm-hmm. That's nice. really awesome. Yeah. yeah. You're just being intentional about where you're moving to and yeah, just yeah. practicing hospitality and trying to share the gospel as mm-hmm. you can. So that's cool. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. We kind of talked about some different ways that we live counterculturally for eternity that just seemed crazy to the world Mm. yeah kind of to wrap it up just thinking back to what we've talked about um we've talked about what eternity is the reality of heaven and hell how god's word urges us to keep our eyes on what's coming um, and just some of the challenges that we face in that so yeah just another final thing that we haven't really touched on yet is kevna what are the realities of unreached people groups around the world today And how have you seen believers respond to those realities? Yeah, I think that's such a great question. There's a clear reality in our world that many people, groups in our world, don't actually have proper access to the gospel. Mm -hmm. I think some of the realities of other nations, especially in ones that have high persecution, 
ones that have really unhealthy living conditions, they're far more extreme and difficult than I even personally ever want to process or comprehend. One of the ways that we get to respond to these realities is choosing to pray and intercede and ask God to make himself known to all nations. And then also ask God how we can be a part of that. Mm. Uh, we know that we can confidently and boldly pray and ask these things because of seeing from scripture from beginning to end how God desires to use his people to make known his glory to the nations. When we're encouraged and we get to see how God intends to use us in that plan, it actually does make choosing to get involved in missions a much more purposeful and hopeful decision. Mm. Um, missions work isn't about what we can do to make Christians, but actually about how God will choose to use us to reveal to others who he is and call them into the same worship. So when I think about those unre- like the realities of unreached people groups, just desiring for them to be have mm. access to know God mm-hmm. and to worship God. Um, and then I think there's multiple ways of getting engaged in that. Um, and practically like looking at what it looks like to learn and understand God's heart for the nations. Mm-hmm. Think about practically praying, especially for the things that are going on in our world right now. Um, whether that looks like going cross-culturally, whether it's part of being uh, part of sending workers cross-culturally, part of welcoming others who don't know Jesus here in our own cities and our communities, or even mobilizing and encouraging others to get involved in God's mission I think that having an eternal perspective brings forth that urgency to this great commission Mm -hmm. and really challenges us to sacrifice temporary pleasures for eternal glory. Um, Some other like final practical ways that I've seen people do this um, really looks like being intentional. I think we talked about that a little bit earlier, but thinking about uh, choosing where we live, thinking about choosing where we work, Mm-hmm. And thinking about choosing who we engage with. Those are some of the simple questions I like to ask myself and I like to challenge others with. And thinking about how do we remember and engage with these eternal truths in practical ways. Yeah, those are great. Just being intentional, just that, wow, like how, what could I be doing? Even grocery shop, every, things that I have to do every day, what can I be intentional with? Where do my kids need to go to school or what grocery stores can I go to? Or should I shop on Amazon Prime or actually do it in person? <laughs> But yeah. I think those are some great, and just praying. And I know we talked, I think we talked on one episode about praying for the Lord to bring people into our lives or just mm-hmm. make us aware of the people that are in our lives, whether that's Absolutely. the grocery cashier. But I think it just takes slowing down and remembering, yeah, this is important and we can do this. And it, it's not crazy. Like we don't have to go across an ocean. Like there are people, especially in Canada, there's people all around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely the unreached people reality, but there's also, I think, the culture we live in is a very biblically illiterate um, mm-hmm. generation. Yeah. And so we have so much opportunity. Like, we can't assume that people in our country know what is in the Bible. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Even in rural Canada, like, we worked in a youth group and they didn't know who Noah was and Moses. And, like, oh my goodness, like, this is not, yeah, this is an unreached people group, but it is in a sense they don't know. Yeah. anything about who God is so we have those opportunities to tell them and that's like really exciting mm-hmm. but for those who are in um maybe like the greater Toronto area maybe they go to University of Toronto <laughs> um, how can they learn more about the mission hub or who's that for and what are ways people can get involved in that yeah I'd say the missions hub is um really for anyone learning to connect more or learning about missions opportunities um for our students it is a primarily for the students of the community. And I think the best ways are um, by 
just finding out information or staying up to date is on our social media, which mm -hmm. is at missionshub.to or on our website, which is missionshub.ca. And those are probably the best ways to connect, reach out, um, to ask questions or to learn more about what's happening at the Hub. That's really exciting. So yeah. I think it's so neat to you just encourage people in our area to consider, yeah, just even to consider like, oh, how are you living your life and how could you be living yeah. your life and what we're talking about and yeah, it is very convicting and it is just so easy to forget. And so, yeah, thank you so yeah. much for just all of the yeah, the verses that you reminded us of and just the practical things that we can do. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks so much. I think, I think also, um, I just going off what you just shared, people often think like engaging in missions is, oh, I have to pack a bag and leave, but it's mm -hmm. far more greater than that. And so we desire to engage in missions in multiple ways in our mm -hmm. lives and I think it's so valuable and important. And so it's actually my joy to be a part of that here in Toronto. And it was so great to be here. So thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks so much. It was just absolutely. awesome to meet you and hear more about what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. If you have questions about anything we've talked about, feel free to write us at compel at ethnos.ca or you can send us a direct message on our Instagram account at compelpodcasts. We love hearing from you and appreciate our conversations together. Mm -hmm.